1: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com
0: Yeah so anyway, I, I then put all my money offshore and the tax money's not fine. Oh, Facebook Live's on! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh whoops, what happened there? Uh, okay, so in a couple of seconds. <laughs>
2: Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. I I forgot, I couldn't fade it out Tim, sorry, continue. It's quite alright. The podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously um, and we know how hard this post-season into new season season, barren wasteland is and that is why we're here for you with another podcast no summer holiday for us zero no break no letting up um there's still some rugby to talk about Plenty of rugby to preview ahead of the new season, and some stories uh, that are that are doing the rounds. Do you know? Do you know what the only bit of actual rugby was this whole weekend? Uh, least, th- well, I mean, I've got a preview on a championship club if you if you want to hear about it. <laughs> oh, there are some preseason oh, games uh, in terms of competitive rugby matches. Ooh,
0: competitive rugby matches. I, I
2: think week. I'm right in saying in the whole rugby calendar, this is the only one without top level rugby. Is that right? Really? In the whole year, of fifty
0: two. I wow. Uh,
2: South Africa schools beat Wales uh, schools. 43-40 um, oh, France were playing <laughs> England under 18 under 18 yeah. Yeah. France
3: won France won comfortably they were 31-0 up mm. after half an hour
2: there you go so that, that's where we've had to dip to under 18 rugby <laughs> um, however yeah, pre-season has started so we'll get into that in a little bit you've already heard JB right there hello yeah, wearing his lovely New York Jets pajamas I'm, I'm in my pyjamas uh, Phil in a Canberra Raiders vest go Raiders how do you say that Chinese sponsor of theirs hi Hawaii Huawei. Huawei. I say Huawei. Huawei.
0: They're the, they're the people that harvest all your data and send it back to uh, to Beijing. Yeah, yeah. For analysis. Yeah. yeah. Good um, on them.
2: Started strong, <laughs> right? You know where you can find us. Um, where, where shall we start? Because, like we say, there's, there's in terms of rugby, there's not, not a lot to dissect.
0: Well, there is a very important game today. Uh, I'm feeling rather really good about it. Manchester, a club that you played for actually, yeah, actually, Tim. I did. Are playing their preseason against Didsbury, Didsbury Talk H today.
2: Are you in the same mm. league now?
0: Or... Uh no, they have gone up two leagues. So we were in the same league. they were. So the story of Manchester is quite sad, actually. Because you it were is. there, it really
2: you? is. It's the second oldest rugby club in the whole of England. Uh, do you buy that? It, behind Blackheath. So yeah, yeah saying... but like,
0: I know so many clubs that claim to be the oldest. Like <laughs> I think Preston Grasshoppers would have something to say about that, and I think <laughs> LSH would definitely have something to say about that. Like it's unclear who is the oldest club to me. Blackheath he- Black are the oldest. Is that? Definite, yeah. I think that's recognised. Their their nickname is the club. So then there's someone like Broughton Park who had their their how it's not centenary, their centenary in one quarter, (laughs) 125 years plus another eight years because that was during the South Africa Lions tour. So could that another nine, god, nine years. So I mean they're 134 years old. So I, I don't I don't buy it when people and all these clubs say we are the we are the oldest.
2: Manchester was founded very 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 a long time ago. It's a very proud club, um, and yeah, it got to it was it was sort of in the championship. It was comp- it was solid at national one level. It was trying to compete at the championship. It was having to spend money obviously because it's semi professional and uh then all of a sudden the guys behind it who they're sitting on an incredible bit of land very very valuable it is bit an of land amazing bit and a of land. huge slice of land as well yeah and uh, but i think the owners of it were more interested in squash and whatever else it is they do there hockey
0: Yes, yeah, they pulled the money, there.
2: and then it, Manchester. It was quite famous, actually. They they lost every they got they, they lost their games by a sort of an aggregate of 110 it points. Was, it was in, yes. in yeah. national astonishing.
0: Work.
3: It was astonishing yeah. to watch. I remember playing against them that year. So they they had a season. It was when the leagues got restructured. Yeah, that's so right. So after it was January, so they had quite a strong team. January, they pulled the plug, and so we, as Sedgley Park, ten miles away, got kind of picked off about half a dozen of their best players Mm. into our squad in January. Mm. Um, The rest of their players, paid players all left because they were no longer being paid. So that season, they lost the remaining games by about 80 points. The following season, they lost every game by between 80 and 100 points. Playing with kids, basically. The following season, they lost every game by about 80 to 100 points. The following season was about 60 to 80 points. The following season was 40 to 60. And they had like this... Six seven year period of just every single year being rock absolute rock bottom. It, of it didn't league.
0: stop, you know, didn't, it didn't stop until about level seven, I would say. Yeah, level seven or level level eight, and then they finally went up again.
2: There were but, genuine concerns for safety. I remember that when they were getting hammered because they were up against like you know practically professional players, yeah, yeah, and, uh, and and these were kids, but they were only fulfilling the fixtures so they didn't get thrown out of the leagues and have to start at the very bottom. So, but yeah. do you know what?
0: They would have saved themselves four years. <laughs> I mean, they, they would have they, yeah, they'd gone yeah. down and then have come back up again. That's what uh, Oral did. I mean, I'm not saying Oral are in a great position now, but you know, it would have saved them a lot of time. Mm.
3: And You had this position where they brought in a load of uh, paid players over a few years. So the talented youth ended up not breaking into the first team and playing second team. So the talented ones kind of left to go to other clubs. So that when... This paid players stopped. There was no kind of decent replacements for them. So, well, you just well, it's, it's a good lesson about the, It's kind
2: yeah. of a good story of modern rugby that 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 rugby clubs that are based around that sense of community and um and and not and not having to pay players to be there is uh, are going to succeed. There's another, there's another club in Manchester that are very well at their level, not at a high level, but Burnage that they, they they compete at a good level, but they they Look after their guys rather than paying them. They I go think that's exactly what you to do. Give you jugs of beer, g- give you a nice feed after training, and we'll we'll make you feel loved well, in that way.
0: Uh, yeah, apparently. I mean, Wolfdale apparently. He were in Sedgley's league for a little while.
3: Uh, Wharfdale well, were famously in national one for, I think, the longest period of time. This is, Northern, time. Rugby Northern, yeah, this yeah. is Northern, Northern
2: Rugby Chat. Northern Rugby <laughs> Chat. It's all applicable to rugby across the border. Exactly.
3: Wharfdale Walf- were f- for 50-plus years. I'm, I'm probably wrong on the exaggeration, but it was an enormous amount no, of time.
2: I, I used to play against Wharfdale for Newbury. Great. And um, apparently, apparently right,
0: and clock. this is according to a coach in their league. I'm trying to think who it is. It might have been the old Macclesfield coach. But they were saying... They were saying that they they don't pay players, which, if that is true, is no. astonishing. Yeah, because I I know
3: they had when I played. They always had the, a couple of Fijians. Yeah, didn't they? they had a few yeah. Samoans and Tongans and Fijians, so they they paid players. Did they? Yeah. Uh, well, that, well, but, that but was the claim.
2: But so they had, in, they had a lot of local guys. Yeah. That, like with with their farmer strength. They
3: had, yeah, lo- they had a lot of
2: local guys, and
3: it was a great club to go to. In exactly as you mentioned before, the spirit of rugby. Mm. So it it was kind of the, the town would turn out it's a beautiful part of the world
0: beautiful yeah, place yeah. to go uh and it's it is it feels like a town club i tell you a game to go to if you know if if unlike unfortunately like me you get dragged up to the lakes occasionally kicking and screaming and it happens to be <laughs> a saturday Try and get yourself down to Kendall Rugby Club. So, Kendall Kendall's great. playing uh, Kirby Lonsdale is a tremendous game. I'm sure they've got some like 3,000 there. Well, I mean, that, and that, <laughs> that, again, was like level six or level seven.
3: Well, Kendall used to be a decent
0: team. Yeah, they they used to be, nas- like, National League. They're yeah. big boys. I've had some hidings against Kendall.
2: <laughs> so, uh, what, what great rivalries are there at local levels? That would be a good one. I'd love to know about that. There must be some, like, sort of... Uh, uh, Amateur level, well, in wha- it depends on it
0: because obviously the teams bounce up, bounce up and down so much. But you know, one which I kind of think of would be Camardon Quinn's, Camardon Athletic back in the day. That's, that's a pretty good one. I'm sure there's loads and loads in Wales around here. It was always Broughton Park versus Sale FC, but then Sale FC uh, absolutely tanked and now they are where they are. So, so the think- fact, Sale FC were playing Sale Jets last night,
3: yeah. Thinking geographically, um, so. Sedgley, there's always kind of the f- five clubs or so in the northwest. west So, Sedgley, Mack, Fylde, Manchester, historically, mm. Preston, Grasshoppers, and Coldy Waterloo. Um, but the, the clubs that I've played against, so down in the southwest, you always had Redruth and Launston, which is the two Cornish clubs. Which are, then they
2: pro- became Cornish All Blacks and...
3: Co- yeah, Cornish All Blacks. And, and that's a terrible name, isn't it, Cornish yeah. All Blacks? and the Pirates. No, As, no, Redruth and, yeah, Pirates are separate to those par- two clubs. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, All right. So they, I assume that those two had quite yeah, a strong I'll rivalry because yeah, they're absolutely. historically in the same league for a long Exeter period of time. And Plymouth
2: must have done. But again, they're yeah. sort of, they're not amateur level now, but yeah, back in the, and way back.
3: The opposite end of the country, the northeast, East, Bladen and Tyndale. Right. Have, for a long
0: period of time have been in the same same leagues.
3: Oh,
2: Darling, uh, Darlington. Darlington Mo- Mo- and yeah, Park. Yeah, and The Darlington. two
0: Darlingtons they were in the same league when I played at Darlington for my one game.
3: <laughs> when you went to Richmond, R- Richmond, Yorkshire the wrong Ron. Richmond. <laughs> it is, you mentioned that last week. I've been to uh, Richmond, North Yorkshire. It's a beautiful little market town. It's the, this, this dreadful, center. mate.
0: It's dreadful. Oh, it's
3: beautiful for an afternoon. And one a, a afternoon. Sad, a Saturday one. afternoon, a few beers, like Yarm and Richmond. Yeah, there. but it's Lovely. strictly
0: not beautiful. If you signed your contract of, of employment <laughs> and thought you were going to Rich, Richmond, North London, West London, even, and you end up in Richmond, North Yorkshire. Yeah. that is literally the word. This is the one thing we didn't want to happen.
2: <laughs> uh, right. Uh, World rugby have got five, new, five players that they are inducting into their Hall of Fame. Any from Bladen? Time no. Number 138, Stephen Larkham. Perfect. Marquez. All right with that? Spot on. Yeah. Couldn't think of a better
0: candidate. Uh, was, it, was, well, he the, was he a, the first after the, after the previous 138. Oh, well,
3: no, no, because you've got to have, five, I think,
0: five years not playing or more than that before you're eligible. Yeah, but there's a hundred and th- he is the 138th, so that Yeah, that feels about right. I, can you, I can't think of a better Aussie fly half than him, unless I'm mistaken.
2: I, c- I can't think of a, a player who managed to be a top-class international player despite looking like... An amateur player. Oh, well, how about this? How well, about wearing being... those baggy shirts that they used to yeah. wear, and him with his like skinny legs. Well, how about this? How about being a top-class fly-half and not kicking? Yeah, John Eales was doing some of the kicking yeah. during, during the start of his <laughs> career, and <laughs> oh, he uh, kicked. Matt Gitto and Elton Flatley. Um, but everyone but him. Everyone but him, yeah. Um, but what, what a partnership he had with. Actually, l- I say five years. Great. I mean,
0: obviously, he wasn't playing five years ago. So it must have been... Mr. have retired like 10 years, 12 yeah. years ago now.
2: Getting on for surely, yeah. Uh,
3: according to this, he finished playing for Australia in 2007 uh, and then had three years at the Rico Black Rams. So, eight years ago, he finished playing. Mm, there you go. He is 44.
2: I'll come to one, number 139 in a second. Number 140, Pierre Villepreux.
3: Yeah, Villepreux. The, ob- the obvious choice.
2: Villepreux. Villepreux. I, I, I'm not aware of him. No, 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 um, no, Number 141, I did a double take on this because I went, it was. Brian Williams, but I uh, initially I just saw Bryn Williams, a <laughs> friend of the pod. I, I, well, he's going to make it at some <laughs> he's, point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he looks
0: got, like he's stopped playing ten years. 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only been two years, but it's been a tough two years. <laughs> uh, number Hi, one, Bryn. Number, <laughs> number one hundred
2: and forty-two, Lisa Burgess. Uh, but num- number one hundred and thirty-nine, Ronan O'Gara. Discuss Ronan O'Gara in the World Rugby Hall of Fame. At the, uh, I think this is the earliest that he could have been inducted, for, as you say, five years retired. I mean, they ha- right, okay,
0: so I've noticed a lot of Roland Agora of last few weeks, um, mainly from certain journalists. I mean, they've really gone heavy on the Roland Agora stuff, which is fine. He's definitely doing some exciting stuff. Is it linked to this, I wonder? Is this why, why what, is all... <laughs> oh, I, so I, I think the reason he's been in the press has been Crusaders. okay but you don't you don't think he's it was all linked to this hall of fame thing
3: i don't i don't think so i i wouldn't have it it seemed weird to specifically target someone who's just been assistant coach for the super rugby uh winning team not because of their performance of the super rugby winning team but because they're mm. they're a couple of weeks away from being inducted into a nominal hall of fame
0: yeah okay fair enough
2: no i i'm not um saying that that Ron Nagara doesn't deserve to be in. That's not what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm wondering whether they have to spread it around the countries a little bit because.
0: Oh, I'd say they have to. Yeah. Yeah. Because
2: I, I guess because so, there's a lot of amazing players well, okay, who've so... won World Cups who aren't who haven't been inducted.
0: Yeah, but is winning the World Cup really? I mean, this is the chat they have in NFL all the time: who who gets included and why? But you know, let's just say you made a list of fly halves who were playing at the time that Ron Nagara's playing and who was like the naturally m- better fly half was it Ronan gara or was it nick evans well nick evans is- isn't going to get in even he- even though you could argue he might be a better fly half because he hasn't achieved as much and it's all about achievements i think and Rono Gora has achieved a lot and also you know the argument i made about sam sam warburton being great but maybe not great great is he never did anything at club level. Whereas Ronan O'Gara did do a lot at club level. In fact, he was amazing at club level. He'd done everything at club level. Yeah. So he, and, and he's done a lot. So I, for me with Ronan, Ga- Ronan
3: O'Gara, I kind of, my first reaction is remembering his last couple of years for Ireland where he kind of faded out mm. in, hugely in the shadow of Johnny Sext- Sexton who was coming through and the 2009 Lions... But when you look back, when you put those out of your mind and you look back, so he's a three-times Lions tourist, he's six-nation winner, uh, Grand Slam winner. He has won the Champions Cup or the Heineken Cup
0: twice. Pro 14 three times. Exactly. So, I mean, that's undeniable, isn't it? Yeah. It's simply undeniable. Mm. And a fly-off too, I mean, that's such a... It's not as if he was playing on the wing. He actually guided these teams to those competitions. He's one of the
3: top appearance makers of all time in the the Heineken Cup. One of the top point scorers in both the Pro 14 and Heineken Cup. And Six Nations. So I think my first reaction is probably similar to yours, Tim. But when you kind of ignore the the 2009 Lions fiasco. Oh my God. He's never been on the field for that. He definitely deserves to be there.
2: Well, and don't get me wrong. Outstanding player achieved a lot, as you say. I'm just looking at the names in the Hall of Fame and wondering if well,
0: read really the Northern Hemisphere ones rather than the Southern Hemisphere ones because I, I do yeah. struggle to compare to compare them really.
2: Pierre Villeproux. Gavin Hastings.
0: How many Heineken Cups does Gavin Hastings Hastings Wing win?
2: Oh, he played in about three, I know three I know Joe Yeah, yeah um, yeah yeah. Uh, so there's only two other Irish players in the modern era, and this is maybe what I think is potentially okay. going on. Can you guess who they are? Bod. What Bod, are we, yeah. Uh, well, Paul O'Connell. Bod's not, not been retired five years. Well, maybe it's not. That's not the rule. Maybe it's way. not. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bod is in. is in to be Paul O'Connell. There's, there's one other Irishman who's... well, He's Keith only Hodge? just retired, so no. Keith Wood, correct. Oh, yeah. They're the only two I other think, Irishmen. You know what? I think
0: that's the other thing as well you got to consider about Ron O'Gara, is you can't really consider, can compare him to like a Gavin Hastings or... a Gusker or someone like that because
2: or Yian Evans, JPR Williams. Yeah, um, they're just not
0: comparable because they Colin were, Meads. you know, JPR was a notoriously bad dentist or something at, at the time, <laughs> you know, and you yeah, you got Ronald Nagara training full time with a full schedule of professional games, and I think that's the big difference. And to me, like the guys who earn it in the professional era are much more worthy, and fur- and furthermore, the guys what? that earn it. Yeah, absolutely. And the guys that earn it via the club route, rather than just a handful of international games a year, it, it, to me, it's hands down. So, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a good selection, actually.
2: Mm, OK, OK. Yeah, well, I don't, I, don't, I don't mind it. I think in the context of there's only two other Irishmen in the modern era. Oh, sorry. Uh, someone, <laughs> Rob Diamonds just
0: uh, popped up on uh, Facebook Live saying um, the Butcher of End because he was a surgeon. <laughs> JPL Williams
2: but there's uh, nice. Lawrence Delaglio Johnny Wilkinson Jerry Gus Scott, um I'm just looking for modern names Brian O'Driscoll um, Fabian Palouse Felipe Contopomi Stephen Larkham so yeah in terms of Irishmen yeah. 100% I think in, in t- terms of compared to all the players that have ever played rugby I think there's others that I would have in there do you know what first.
0: I would segment the Hall of Fame I would say um, pre- Pre-professional, maybe even, like, transition, because that's really hard to decide, you know, who was professional, who was amateur. Although, you
2: know... We can can understand context. Everyone's competing with
0: the people. (laughs) No, but you
2: don't go, oh, JPR Williams wouldn't have got in the uh, Wales team now. You don't do it like that, because the the context was the players he was playing against. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. But,
0: like, I read the Tom English book, The Grudge, and I recommend everyone read this book. It's it's so well-written, so well-researched and i thought god i i can't wait to watch this game so i bought it up on youtube it was unwatchable it was simply un- i, I it just you can't make heads or tails of what's going yeah, on Yeah, but
2: that's judging that's that's like those manchester it was, oh, it, again did, we live in manchester so it was uh, like I, watching. That's what I'm using to know that, that that's like those manchester students painting over the rudyard kipling if poem in yeah, the manchester students union doesn't those, compute those social justice warriors, because they were they were judging the standards of 120 years ago compared to, to with yeah. today's I mean, standards. The, 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 the
0: nearest like, sporting on. event I can I can think of, which looks like old-style rugby, Do you, have you ever typed in um, group MMA?
2: No, what, the, what, so, in, that sounds like a, a subcategory yeah. on, on uh, an adult team, uh, team. exotic <laughs> website. If, if you watch Russian <laughs> team MMA... I've
0: which, seen some of this. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it like looks very similar five to... Five uh... on five MMA. Yeah, 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 Tag
2: in and tag out, or just... All no, no, all... no, no, it's just an no. all out for all <laughs> And it's very, no very,
0: it's very very, similar to uh, team... Sorry, it's very, very similar to 80s rugby, or 70s rugby. It's oh, that sounds great. Almost indistinguishable.
3: What I, I would compare it to, because I certainly used to be a bit of a gamer, is you know you have nostalgic feelings for a game that you played like as, Sonic. A, as a kid. So, yeah, Sonic or Lomu like Rugby. Mario 64, Lomu Rugby, something like that. And then you pick it up 15 years later, and you're like, God, this is almost unplayable. This is, the graphics are so blocky and awful, and the gameplay is just clunky, and so, it's kind of a
2: bit like that. That's all right, JB. Everything's,
3: uh, everything's okay. quick
2: technical check. Um, oh, I thought was. Right. So that's Hall of Fame. Um, on to...
3: Nelson Mandela's in the uh World Rugby Hall of Fame. Yeah, what was his he play for... then? Is that,
2: <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: Was... was that the winger for the Sharks?
2: <laughs> Gordon, um other world leaders have been uh, rugby players. George Bush played at university. He did? Yeah. George, George was W. He a flanker. I don't know. Um Gordon Brown was a flanker. He was a... He lost his eye playing rugby. I mean, that's, that's
0: that's true, that's true commitment. Way,
2: hey, He's a blindside. Very good.
1: <laughs> I, that wasn't a joke. He <laughs> I mean,
2: was a blindside, didn't he? How did I not see that coming? <laughs> I can't help
0: but feel that in bad taste. No, I think it's good.
2: I uh, I didn't mean that. I thought he genuinely was a... <laughs> he was stri- a
0: flanker. Sure, I think he, he was a He strikes me as a blindside. And, um... I think John Prescott, he's definitely a boxer. Well, he
2: must have played rugby Ruby league. league. He's from hell.
3: Rugby league. 100%. Oh. Hmm
2: we have seen Boris Johnson playing rugby as well against Japanese yeah, yeah. school children. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: any more people in the Hall of Fame? Is that, is that it? Oh there's, oh,
2: there's 137 others before no, this year. No, no, just this induction, intake. sorry. Oh, this induction. No, the five names I gave you was the one. They do five a year.
3: Oh. So they've only been inducting people since 2006. Yeah. And it tends to be... It started off at a couple per year. I mean, rugby school was the second inductee even though that's not a person, as far as I'm aware.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it's a person.
3: Yeah, and Melrose Rugby Club got inducted as well, and the it's some it's odd selection. So, alongside Willie John McBride, the 1888 New Zealand
0: rugby team got inducted. So <laughs> entire team. Could we make an, a 15 out of inductions of the Hall of Fame that simply couldn't take the field? Melrose Rugby Club. Yeah. Uh, rugby Mandela. School. R- Nelson well, Mandela.
2: More because he's rather than rather than because he's not alive anymore. Because he's, uh, it, just, he couldn't, he couldn't, it just wouldn't be a good. He just couldn't he, play. He, he couldn't play rugby. No, but he's
3: yeah. not a rugby player. Barbarians FC, Cardiff RFC. All right, this is ridiculous. Now stop reading. <laughs> I've the and, but, the nineteen twenty 1920 and nineteen twenty four US Olympic rugby team, the nineteen twenty four Romanian Olympic rugby team. Right, if
0: you can't put them into a fifteen, they
2: don't count. <laughs> if they wanted an Irish inductee to the World Rugby Hall of Fame, Peter Blair, Blair Paddy Maine he's not oh, in yeah. is he Irish, founding, is he? Member SAS, um, no, Irish. Uh, founding member of the SAS It was Northern Irish founding member of the SAS Lions Tourist that's Irish what, International that's what I'm talking about fought in the war abs, total absolute hero of a man get him in there hmm excellent um, uh, right um, rugby championship starts next week yes, yes. My, uh, someone tried to say to Michael Checker Australia are favourites uh, he just he, he laughed it off said nice try I didn't know he could laugh <laughs> before the tournament he's, started he only,
0: from
3: my uh, memory he only laughs incredibly sarcastically
0: at yeah. <laughs> in <the> journalists <laughs> comments <laughs> yeah.
2: um he's um he's he's apparently ordered um lots of waving japanese cats
0: oh fantastic <laughs> for the coach room hang on did they win with the japanese waving cats yeah who were they beating this the time?
2: They beat Ireland with a waving Japanese cat. Ah, <laughs> and yes. also, you'll notice, and I want to see if they continue doing this, but Australia clearly have a a bit of a deal with a, uh, energy drink company because they have they have, all the different flavours of this one brand of energy drink ah. lined up and never being drunk, <laughs> but they're just lined up right behind Michael Checker.
0: Have you ever tried carabel energy drink? No,
3: I've not. It looks awful, doesn't it? I think all of those energy drinks so you see like thirteen year old kids wandering around with a, a pint can of monster. Yeah.
2: And like, what's going on? They have that nourishment can thing as well with the ring pull. Yeah. Thing. Loads yeah. of kids have that. Uh, some of the the some of the hookups
0: between uh Energy drinks and athletes is weird. I mean, I'm not entirely sure why Valentino Rossi needs to be wired on caffeine. <laughs> in fact, I'd have thought it'd be the other way around. I thought he'd be, he needs to be very, very calm and in control of his control of his machine. But no, no, he's got to be wild. Yeah.
2: Well, in the in the CrossFit place that we go to, Jay, there's some people that take along interesting supplements. Do they? That... Yeah. Well, there's there's little pots on the side, and rage is a word. Rage that oh, always yeah. appears in it. There was rage something or other we had um... he- hemo rage yeah, we <laughs> he- had... it wasn't hemo rage but I remember that one from your Sedley Park <laughs> we had teammates. shots or something and I can't tell you what it was
0: shots of something and the guy who, who got it for us worked in one of these supplements warehouses and anyway this stuff got banned but he had like the like the final batch and you'd read the uh, recommended daily allowances, the RDAs, uh-huh. and mean, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0% 3 million percent yeah, of something. I like, right, we'll have some of that. And at half time, uh, me and this other guy, he would take this stuff. Half time, we would look at each other, I was like, are you okay, mate? And, and uh, Mark, the guy, the guy, Mark McConnell, looked back and he'd go, mate, I think I want to come down. <laughs> <laughs> it was savage.
3: I remember someone, uh, someone that, both of you played with and I played with, I won't name names. I remember him explaining his like, pre game energy drink that he was taking, and he was like, Yeah, it just makes your head go crazy. And I'm like, Is that what you want before you're about to get, <laughs> get on the I, field? That's exactly what with I want.
0: 15 people
3: who want to rip your head off.
0: Yep. Uh, so, sorry, where were, what were we talking about? I have no idea. Oh, yeah, so the Rugby Championship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I actually think Australia got a real, re- real good shout in it. real good shout. The problem is with Australia. Like, it feels like they rely on a lot of established names and they have to bring these established names back if they want to compete. Whereas the All Blacks, it just seems like a treadmill of new talent coming through all the time. Mm. Like, if you look back f- uh, ten years ago, sorry, fi- sorry, if you look f- back five years ago, the guys that were coming through were probably in the system about you know th- two years before that. Yeah, you, know, you, uh, you look back now, and you've just got, got loads and loads of talent flowing through. You think yeah. oh, New Zealand have you got mean, guys
2: haven't made their squad that would get into any yeah. other international I mean, team. Australia are scouring
0: the globe trying to bring people back, whereas mm-hmm. New Zealand just like yeah, off you go, Aaron Cruden, off you go, Colin Slade, off you go.
2: Australia will be without kurindrani and Karevi, but now we've got Timur, um, Curtly Beal. So yeah, I think it's gonna be an interesting championship. I, I don't expect to see anything other than New Zealand win um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where, ha, how and if where South Africa really are yeah
0: yeah because England aren't good I think South Africa will do okay and they'll carry on they'll carry on building I mean they've got the one thing which they haven't had for so, so long which is, which is stability and, yeah. and freedom to pick the team Marks that they want back.
2: not Karl Marx what am I talking about Malcolm Marx Malcolm Marx <laughs> <laughs> yeah Marks they're taking important. a big political shift there's another big political shift in South Africa yeah <laughs> um, the little red book He's back? No, no, he's not. Malcolm Marks is back. He'll have a big impact, and um, a couple of back row players as well, Warren Whiteley and.
0: Yeah, I think it's just yeah. I mean, it's just the ability to pick who they actually want to pick. Hmm. I think that's that. That is massive. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Tim. I think New Zealand are going to hammer everyone, though. Yeah. No, I th- no, actually, I'm going to really, going to say say it slightly differently. The first games are going to be relatively competitive between. Uh, New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. The second games are going to be absolute hidings. So,
3: I I think New Zealand will win everything relatively
0: comfortably. Okay.
3: I think Australia have got some talent coming back, but they have also got... There's a load of names in their squad that you just... They're not household names. Uh, Examples? Uh, Jermaine Ainsley. Oh, yeah. Uh... J Man, yeah. Tolu Latu, Brendan Paenga Amosa. Mm-hmm. Um Tom Hello. Robertson. Yeah, yeah. Robert I- Isaac Rodder. Yeah. Roberts player. Good cracking player. <laughs> Caleb Timu. T- Luke Tui. Tom Banks. Old Banksy. Banksy. Mm. Well uh, maybe Jack- I might Jack Maddox. Um, is that, is that, Sef- that's, that's Sef- not a Joe
2: Maddox son? It's not it's uh, not well, a legacy, I legacy. Player. Don't think so. Well, then, in that um, case,
3: Sefer I... Sef- Sef- Nevalu, Jordan Petia, uh, Joe Powell, Curtis Rona
2: Yeah, wow. Oh,
0: I've heard Cur- of C- Curtis Rona <laughs> 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 They
2: are they are definitely like turning the soil in Australia, aren't they? Well, you know,
0: maybe maybe I'm wrong, and maybe they are bringing through you know loads of uh, loads of fresh talent, and they're going to be brilliant. I just don't know.
3: So, yeah, there's, there's six uncapped players in the squad. But I've just let, listed about 12 players who I'm not particularly sure how many of them I could tell you which club they play for or which position they play for. No idea. Play in.
2: Interesting.
3: Um, Argentina will
0: be interesting this year as well.
2: Yeah, that's true. Because of the performance of the Jaguares. So,
3: yes, and I'm fairly certain they are now selecting from European players as well. Oh, are they? I think so. Let me just check that. Uh, hard to confirm. I can't see Issa in their squad. Who would be in? And Imhoff is not in there either. But even if it's just the um, the performance of the Jaguars, this was by far their best ever ever year. They've got amazing away wins in South Africa, Australia, and uh, New Zealand which is quite incredible when you think about it. Um, so I think they'll I think they'll do all right. So I think they'll be competitive yeah. against the other two against
0: Australia and South Africa. Were they playing Rugby Championship prior to the World Cup last year? <coughs> or was the championship they, straight they might, after? Did, the World I
2: think Cup. they did a shorter v, v, did they uh, do a shorter format of the Rugby Championship. So in
3: 2015 they did. They knocked a game yeah, each. Right. They knocked a round off it. But I'm, yeah, I think Argentina started I want to say in 2013 or 2014. Yeah. So they might have had two rounds of rugby championship.
2: The Haguara started after the last World Cup.
0: Ah, right.
3: Okay. So yeah, it
2: was, it was super rugby that they added. Yeah. But games get underway. Uh, international rugby next weekend. It's uh, New Zealand, Australia and South Africa, Argentina. So obviously, or, we, you mean
0: I should be watching... The, uh, Australia, Australia, New, New Zealand. Zealand. I should be watching the rugby championship because I enjoy the rugby championship. But that's not why I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because... I want to see what the, what shift these teams are in coming into the autumn awesome internationals because this could be one of the most monumental shifts in, in in English rugby if New Zealand look class if Australia look class and if South Africa put put, put up a good fight because the the next games have all got are yep. England yep and I think England are an absolute pasting <laughs> fingers crossed
2: we <laughs> are <laughs> right. quite invested in that yeah I'm very invested.
0: Very invested.
2: Well, one man who won't be part of that now is Paul Gustard because he is with Quinns. Oh, sounds like and, a game changer. Uh, Quinns, I don't know if they've played or uh, yet or whether it's this weekend or whether it was last night. I, I think it's this weekend sometime. Um, they play against Jersey Reds in a pre-season game. And Paul Gustard has named his starting 15 and his eight, not replacements, not finishers. Oh, um, impact men. Game Changers. This is a new bit of rugby vernacular. Game Changers. Fine. Why not? Why not? It's better
0: than substitutes. Alternates. Uh, Backups. Riding pine. (laughs) Pine Riders. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. I mean, you know, these things do have an effect on uh, a player. I was um, playing a cup final at Sedgwick Park. Expanded bench. So we had the full complement because it's a national, you know, uh, National club competitions do have expanded benches. Yeah. Uh, when the coach went through the substitutes, he didn't he didn't refer to me as replacement back row. He referred to me as the second replacement back row. The
3: second replacement. <laughs>
2: do you? So, reckon, I, I'm thinking because I I studied um psych, sort of sport like psychology and as it in sport and worked with Slayers and badminton people and stuff, but. I'm th- I'm assuming there's some sort of psychological basis for Paul Gustav doing this and Eddie Jones doing this. So because like actually cause it cuz it feels on the face of it a little bit um, I and mean, we've already mentioned some social justice warrior types it feels a little bit like that where you're going oh no there's no losers no, you're, yeah, you're no. all you're, you, just because you're not in the starting 15 it's like a, you s- still get your um, I have a better still enough. get your participation uh, certificate yeah. you're, you're a game that's, changer
3: that's so for me I think it's with the best intentions it's trying to give those on the bench a motivational boost it actually comes across as
0: patronising
2: patronising yeah 100% well, it'll have the opposite I think effect
0: I I've got a better analogy for you um, during the space program, when they first set up the space program, obviously they wanted like the top fast jet pilots to go <clears> into space. And they had a small problem, which is they need two of these guys to get into space. Only one of them can be the pilot; the other one's got to be the co-pilot. Well, you know, get um, good luck, good luck, uh, you know, deciding which of Iceman and Maverick is going to be the pilot, right? <laughs> so the co-pilot they renamed as Captain. Yeah. So you had uh, the captain, the mission leader, and then and then the pilot.
3: So I thought you were going to refer to another story, which is uh, when I think in the '60s when NASA were working the, the space race against Russia mm. and working to get in to the moon. <clears throat> the president at the time walked around Houston or Cape Canaveral or wherever it was, and spoke to a janitor who was sweeping the floors, and said, "So what's your rule here?" And the janitor replied. Sir, I'm helping to put a man on the moon. There you go. So it's everyone, it's the contribution of everyone
0: towards the ultimate goal. Yeah, and and, and from a very practical sp- sports point of view, and rugby league does better than rugby union, it's managing your squad. Not so much so you have the best players at the start, because I think everyone assumes you want the best players at the start. You want the best players at the end, per- personally. So if you look at where like, where the points are scored... Most points are scored towards the end of a game. So in rugby league, because they've got interchanges, they can afford to start their best players, bring them off in the middle, and then bring them back on at the end to make sure you've got your best players ending rather than the best players starting. And I think there's a lot a lot of good science behind that. But it's about getting these massive egos, because particularly in rugby, because we don't have interchanges, well, in rugby union, Right there is a, a sort of stigma about being on the bench. And nothing could be further from the truth. I mean, particularly, for, I think front rows get it now, don't they? Front rows need to come on strong. So it doesn't matter if you're on the bench or you're starting and you, and you can yeah. rotate. to take. And the, you're
3: going to play kind of 45 minutes, 35 minutes I'll, or fifty five minutes. I'll,
2: that, that drive to want to be in the starting, starting 15 ra- be the rather dri- than the bench or on the, on the bench rather than... Excluded from the match day squad. That comp- competition drives performance through the win training. So I don't, I don't. It's all. This is this is professional competitive sport. What, yeah, but why? I, why we. I mean, I understand. I, I think it's trying to give a psychological edge. It's things like Paul Gustav was the guy who who had the called the Saracens defence, the Wolf Pack to yeah. start with, and it's, it's it's trying to bring about a mentality. And I understand that from a from a psychological perspective. I, I agree with Phil. There's a little something a little bit cringe about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would, all I'd say is, why
0: is it not accepted in the sport that you can specialize to be a forty-minute monster and be op- and optimize your body and your training to be that forty-minute monster, rather than you know, you know, eighty minutes? And you know, you, it, it might be a significantly different type of athlete. And also, why can't you compete for that actual role? I mean. You know, if you don't get that role, it's just as devastating as not getting your starting gig. I think there's slightly different
2: like, things. Uh, like in NFL you have some dual threat quarterbacks who are just there for the red zone. Exactly. When you get ten metres out from the the end zone, they bring on their uh,
0: I mean personally this they bring is on not, their running quarterback. This is not a very um fashionable opinion, but I have plenty of them. Um <laughs> which is i think we should have interchanges in in rugby because of all the of all the injuries and i'm sure it'll lead to more injuries but at least we'll have 15 <laughs> it fit leads to players. Big, bigger players exactly but what do i want to see yeah. you know I, I i don't really care i want bigger bigger players more I th- entertainment i
2: think there's an argument for a juiced olympics just uh, as some a, uh, some as some of them are having drugs and others aren't and people from richer countries are able to absolutely. get the masking agents just get let them take whatever they want and we get to see the fastest times and the biggest throws and the yeah i always go jumps. i
0: always go back to what does a 15 year old boy want to watch <laughs> that's that's what i get, 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 back, get back. Big, bigger players hard, hard hits so on and so forth right. oh sorry or what do 50 year old whining journalists want to see same same sort of thing sanctimonious sanctimonious whining bitter um old boy club style journalists what do they want to see because that's what's important isn't it what do the what what do the journalists at the Telegraph want to see (laughs)
2: Have they? Has there been any? There's not been a great deal of all that sort of stuff this week, has there? That there hasn't. Been out you know, of that, the headlines. I
0: spoke to a guy at the RFU who gave me a little insight into what these journalists are like when they get into get like, get together as a pack, and um, it was quite amusing. There was a work experience individual with them who'd done you know uh, media you know, media work with uh, football and various sports, and she came away from this experience going. They're just not nice people, are they? Like, no, no, they're not. So, uh, yeah, uh, little insight to the the world of rugby journalism.
2: They're very, what I would say, having been in lots and lots of media rooms, and I'll have to say we, because I'm -hmm. I'm part of that. Yeah, but do you know what? We're we're a very homogenous group of people. Very, very similar people. Um, in whatever way you want to look at it in an outlook in that is
0: completely wrong that in, is completely wrong and I'll tell you why 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 it's wrong okay so my experience with them so far is they show up to games with an attitude but they don't dress to match their attitude what i mean is i've never seen a more disheveled scruffy bunch of individuals in my life i mean you're at work and yeah, like the you. lack of you know the the lack of pride that they take in just their basic Basic appearance, I would never go to work looking like they do. a lot of bootcut jeans oh. in a rugby media room. Oh, yeah. it's, it's just horrendous. I mean, I'm like, who, who let the vagrants in? <laughs> right, who, but, who threw a scarecrow through a, a charity shop? Yeah. Yeah, who, who covered, this, covered this man in glue, dragged him through age concern, gave him a notepad, and then bought him here? I, I would, to you know, speak to some of
3: the the people the highest paid and best people in the world of rugby yeah
0: I mean if, if, if you've got right a head of security from the banking world and then employed him at a rugby club he would look at these guys take one right out 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 yeah. and out I don't know who was who was I mean and this goes across We're this goes across the, the board yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they are they are so scruffy it's and then now here's the weird bit this is the bit I really don't get okay it's when everything's going on all they—I mean—they—they they watch the game when the game's happening, but before the game and after the game, they literally turn it, literally turn in, and just look at each other and have these little insular chats. And I think, like, isn't your job now surely to wander around, get an idea for the atmosphere, see if you can pick up some? No, no, no. Of course it's not because they're so comfortable in their position; they feel they have to do no work. When we went to um, when we went to to Philadelphia, mm. it was quite funny because. You're surrounded by these mega athletes, and I'm like, if I can get some inside information now, well, now would be the time. Go and have a chat. By a drink. there were journalists there, and they looked like it was a school disco. Like they were, they were afraid in the school disco in their bootcut jeans, all looking in. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm amazed that they have jobs. Actually, it's just that they can spell and proofread. <laughs>
2: there's, um, there's a lot of nice guys. There's a lot yeah, of good guys. Yeah, great. There's a lot of really
0: uh, Do you know what? Guys. Yeah, they're awesome. They're all, um, yeah. I think I'm looking at like a select few, a select few. But And
2: and, and I can understand if you were I guess being in a position where I might have existing relationships or know these people that there, there isn't that necess- that isn't that need to introduce yourself. I think it's always worth remembering just whatever situation in life... if you in actually being open and and al- almost welcoming to new faces is, is, is that, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's a huge thing just for life That is that is 100% yes. what they are
0: the what they are not good at yeah uh,
2: that that I will I, I will uh will concede yeah I'll go with that it can it can feel a bit of an impregnable um group, a yeah. homogenous group. Unless
0: you have a podcast, in which case
2: you can do what you want. Well, yeah. That's the beauty of it, as we just have done. And I think you've put the world to rights there, JB. <sighs> yeah,
3: the, world of, the esoteric world of rugby journalism, you've put to rights.
2: Um, as for uh, domestic rugby, we're going to preview two more sides from the um, Gallagher Premiership. We're also going to be, because we have been asked what we're doing in regards to Pro 14, well, we're going to have a couple of weekends before the season starts where we are going to look at... The nations, the the clubs of the nations involved in the the Pro 14. So don't worry about that. Well, we'll probably swerve Italy. JB might give us a bit of an insight. Oh, yeah. oh Ben yeah. are building Benetton. nicely. They were playing last night, actually. Uh, they you know,
0: lost a... to Worcester,
3: didn't they? Yeah, close though. They so, were. they was very close.
2: So preseason rugby um, is beginning, and I was I say Harlequins play Jersey Reds, or they did play last night. I think it was. Um, there was, but a lot of the Premiership sides have started playing their. Games JB sat and watched two whole sale sharks. I was going to say I've got an
0: in-depth preview of Doncaster if anyone's interested.
2: <laughs> so, you know, Doncaster have got
0: one guy who sort of stood out to me. I mean they they Doncaster played very very well. I I I thought considering like you know the money gap and ev- and everything else between the two teams, there was a scrum half and I, I don't know if you necessarily want this in your scrum half, but a phenomenally powerful individual. I mean he had three Premiership players hanging off him. And he's still churn- churning his legs. I don't know what what his name is. But very, very, very impressive.
2: I, I'm always in, impressed, and I'm, I'm glad that this summer, partly because of the salary cap, as we talked about, means people need to balance their squad. Premiership clubs have been coming in and, and plucking more players out of the championship, it feels like. Them. Yeah, they there's a do. lot. Yeah. And and you get a lot of talented guys in the championship, especially front five. Well, was it
0: you that made the point last week when I was slagging off Leicester's Hookers or whatever it is? Like, look at Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you just showed up. And, oh, that's a really good point. You know. You just give these guys a chance, and you don't know what they're going to do.
2: Rotherham to Wasps, and he was a standout player for Wasps yeah. last season. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. After after
2: not making it at Sale,
0: and then going to Mac, he's not a big lad, though. You know, he's, he's not like, a big lad. I I've know. had him in the dungeon. I know, right? and he's not. Uh, did we, 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 was he here for that? I think. He, he, did that? I think you had him in the dungeon, and then he joined in on ah, our podcast right. for the first twenty minutes or so. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't say, oh, yeah, definitely definitely a premiership hooker. Like, Rob Webber, you would say, definitely a premiership hooker.
3: Yeah, because he's a, an enormous hooker. He's folk. huge.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so, anyway, I watched Sail, uh, Sail Sharks last night, played Doncaster. I also watched Sail Jets. Quite amazingly, and this is genuinely amazing, this isn't just me saying, oh, look, it's Sail, it's amazing, right? <laughs> They've got a full camera setup and production studio from Salford Uni uh, Putting out this game on both Facebook Live, YouTube, and I think Periscope at the same time, which for a preseason game is bloody amazing. That is amazing. It's quite a good uh, relationship to have.
2: Yeah.
3: Because
0: all those individuals at Salford Uni,
3: it's a great thing to have on their CV re- for their experience.
2: Yeah, it's really good that what they've got, like, um, uh, n- big television shows get made at the Salford Uni. Um, yeah. Studios. Well, it's I all, think it's Media City isn't it? Yeah.
0: I think Sale are going to struggle from a media point of view, as in like it's going to be the same old problems. Like it's going to be a bit of cloak and dagger around uh, signings, signings and all that. Maybe. But I tell you what, the content that they're producing, and you know the willingness to get ex- you know Sale exposure to the wide, to the wider public, I think they're going to be an absolute top all, top organisation for that this year.
2: Well, I tell you what, pre-season rugby is good for. It is doing a bit of fantasy rugby draft research. Yes. Oh, here we go. So, yeah, as you've been hearing us talking about fantasy rugby draft, we're going to continue this um, because we absolutely love it. The the, the rankings of players are available now. So, again, again, just to recap, it is a different way of doing fantasy rugby. If you've done draft-style rugby, uh, fantasy sports, rugby, football, whatever, then you'll understand and you'll know how different and brilliant it is. If you haven't, then it's a revolution in, in how you do it. They've been doing it in America forever with the NFL. Is Fortunately, with Fantasy Rugby Draft, it's making its way over to the UK, and it's brilliant. And the rankings for the players um, for the Gallagher Premiership are out. Uh-oh. And the top-ranked side in the Gallagher Premiership, um, according to Fantasy Rugby Draft, and I, I imagine it would be drafted number one in most leagues, is the Saracens' front row.
3: They, yeah, they should be drafted number one in most leagues. Hmm. And it's so, interesting, two sale players make the top
0: four. Yeah, they do. Uh, although, I tell you now, there's another sale player who will not be in the top four, or even the top 50. That's someone that I will be picking up this year. Any uh, hints you want to give Absolutely the... Absolutely uh, none. You, you two can carry this segment. I would have thought you'd just have all sale players. I mean, they are going to be the best best team with ball in hand. There's no choice <laughs> <toys> about that. <laughs> Meters. Over. I tell you what, Mar- uh, not one I'm going to pick up, but a guy who I think is going to do really well in fantasy this so year. Marland Yard. Yard it. He was, very, he was very good last year. Because he doesn't give the ball away, as in, like, he doesn't pass it. Not, not, in, a, not in a good way, not like the running back doesn't drop the ball. In almost like a bad way, uh, the, the winger doesn't pass. And he just carries on churning t- t- his legs. He'll, he'll break a lot of tackles, even when he should have given the ball, really.
2: Mm. Well, Marlon Yard is number four. Uh, uh, AJ oh, is M- he? AJ McGinty's ranked two. two. Yeah. Ollie Woodburn is ranked number three. That's been one of Phil's pickups the last couple of seasons. Yeah,
3: yeah last year he did very well for me.
2: Owen Farrell ranked number five. Now, Rubbish. He Nonsense. hardly played. He only got about 400 minutes of game time but they, in, in the Premiership they the year. the best 400 minutes? Well, he, he, he always gets one of the best. This is one of the things you have to consider when you're drafting your side is Owen Farrell will get one of the most points per game average. Points
3: per minute.
2: Points yes. per minute average. But he will not play that many games. And at, here's an interesting one. Alex Lozovsky has been his position has been changed from fly half to midfielder. That's outrageous. Which is that's that huge. That's
3: very very good.
1: Oh god huge. that is.
2: Yeah because hang on is that good? That means you could have him and you could have him and Farrell if they're both McGinty, playing. You could or, pick or you could have uh, Lozovsky and AJ McGinty potentially yeah. in Ooh.
0: your side. Ooh. this is getting a little, a little bit too, in, too into a rugby draft but I like it. Um yeah that is a, that is quite exciting. I don't Sorry. I don't agree with it by, by the way.
3: So I can tell you that um, Owen Farrell scored uh, third, so 0.31 points per minute of game time last year. So if you if you go on there and you get Manager Pro, you get access to these stats. Um, there was only of of players that played a significant amount of time.
0: So Manager Pro is that when you are is that when you're getting the majority of your household income from playing? <laughs> Uh, Fancy <laughs> rugby? Is that how you qualify for <laughs> <a> manager pro? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's have a look
3: at. So there is there's only one player who pa- played more than uh, two hundred minutes last year who scored more points per minute than Owen Farrell. So he's second highest. He scored. He played half as many minutes as some people, mm. but one one player who scored more points per minute, and that was. Above 800. I'm uh, sorry. Above 200 minutes.
2: So it must be Saracen's front row then.
3: No, because they play every minute <clears throat> of every single game.
2: Oh yeah, of course. Uh... Ooh, was we, it? We have already mentioned AJ then.
0: AJ. Yes, love AJ. He's The only man, and also what a nice man as well. What what, what a nice guy. When I look
2: at <laughs> when I look at it, I I had a shocker last year. And I could have done so much better. I drafted AJ McGinty, and I drafted. Jason Woodward and I let them both go. Jason Woodward
3: is uh, rank number eight of of those who scored more than. uh, Sorry, those who played more than two hundred minutes. He is one, two, three, four, fifth. Right, fifth in terms of points per minute. I'm getting, getting
0: bored. I'm getting bored now.
3: (laughs) Are <laughs> you getting bored of this? <laughs> I'm this getting is, bored of this. Is sta- them. This, this, is, this, is, this is statistics. This just, is
0: f- do, it over, do it over coffee. This is valuable insight. I want to talk about Newcastle. Okay,
3: let's get on to that. Because there's it is Newcastle, stuff. isn't it? Newcastle and Wasps are our two teams to preview well, this just week.
2: C- just to combine the two, uh, Newcastle's highest ranked f- fantasy rugby draft players, just to give an insight as to, uh, is Sinotti Sinotti, ranked number 20? Mm-hmm. Their front row, ranked number twenty six. And Veroniki Gonova, ranked number 27.
0: Mm.
3: And I can tell you that uh, Sonotti Gonova dra- and Toby yeah. Flood were their top, uh, top scorers per minute player. So we
2: know where their strength is. Let's take a look at Newcastle as we look ahead to the new season. <clears throat> Finished in fourth position, an outstanding effort. Yes. And I don't want to uh, to take away from that at all, but I can't help but thinking, as I look at this season... Ahead, that they capitalised on several other clubs m- massively underperforming, as well as improving their own level of performance.
0: Yeah, do you think there's a surprise element about Newcastle? Because a lot of teams would go up to Newcastle or have or host them and think that's a win. So, do you know when the, you, you you do your goal setting? Go lose lose Saracens away, lose extra away, or um, Newcastle at home? you d- there? Do you reckon that they? They just did not expect what was coming. I
3: think if you ask any players, they'll say, "Oh, oh we know what players say." every week as it comes. comes there's no not, easy games. We're not counting our chickens. All the rest of it.
0: Although,
2: yeah, but, it's
3: but,
0: weird, isn't it? Because this, they do say that, but they would openly say, "Yeah, but we did think we'd lose against Saracens." Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll say when they think they're going to lose, but they'll never say when they think, think they're going to win. So I think there's probably an element
3: early in the season of that. I yeah. think as the season went on, and you saw their good performances and their their exciting attacking back line and their rock-solid pack, that nuggety pack, I think it would have turned round, but that didn't stop them still rolling over a lot of
0: good teams. I think also Dave Walder's systems are quite, quite interesting too. I mean, they, t- they tend to use a lot of big boys down the same channel, which is very, very hard to stop, particularly in the backs, because they do have some size now. I mean, not just, you know, the power of the wings, but also know, adds a lot, a lot of heft... Uh, the Scottish
2: centre, which is still feels... Harris. Like, Harris is also a big old boy.
3: Well he's rangy, isn't he? Mm. he? Well
2: they've got and they've got to add a little bit of a, a different dynamic in that outside centre channel, uh, they've brought in Johnny Williams from London Irish.
3: So he he's like, yeah, so let's let's go through their signings and their, their players out. So they brought in Guy Graham, Gary Graham's brother. Uh, they brought in England Tom, straight away. They, <laughs> they brought in Tom R. Scott who spent a year in France after his... Rehabilitating. ...banishment. So
0: is he able to keep secrets now, or is... You know, <laughs> well, it's just, if he's not playing against his brother, it doesn't matter. What do you reckon his interview process was? Do you reckon that they told him, look, Tom, uh, we, we think you've got the job, okay? There's a few things here in the, here in his playbook. Go and read it. <laughs> and then when he went out, do you reckon that they tried to ambush him with, uh, you know, oh, oh what, what's in the playbook, Tom? What's yeah, the playbook? they send someone else. <laughs> yeah. And then if he, if he keeps quiet, he
3: gets the job... Yeah, it's a two-week interview process. Mostly <laughs> waiting to see if any of
0: those secrets turn up in mainstream media. <laughs> yeah. New, New, Newcastle have got operatives in cars outside and approaching him in coffee shops.
2: Well, and he's he looks like a squad player.
0: Yes, complete, you know, completely. Completely agreed. Like when he was at Sale, they found him very valuable because he's a good kicking option. So if you need if you need someone else to do you know do that sort of lifting, he's, exact, he's no, exactly. No, very, I, I, yeah. he's I get it. Too.
2: Yeah, no, I get it, but he's 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 a squad player. He's strong. That's the other. Thing. Yeah, he, yeah. He, All those are
3: player. true. He is a squad player. But uh, they, they, they've it... they've struggled with backup for, um, for Hammersley at fifteen, and he does give he's... a good option there. Yeah. Um, so the other they've brought in Mullipola and George mm. McGuigan, which is Leicester's loss, Newcastle's mm. gain. Mm-hmm. Those are the two very strong, very good options for front row, uh, which will strengthen. Because uh, they've lost a couple of players from the front row who've retired, they've also so they brought in uh, Johnny Williams, who you mentioned, who is young, very talented English centre from from London Irish. Uh, Nagusa, the Fijian yeah, he's back Fijian row. back row, isn't he? Yeah. he'll
2: probably compete for that number eight job.
3: Yeah, he, I think he can play right across the back. Yeah, row. Yeah, he can. Uh, but having so they lose Nili Lartu, who can play kind of six, seven, eight. Yeah, uh, where's
2: Nili Latu on, Retired.
3: No, Japan. He oh. he is a thirty-four, thirty-five, but he's going.
2: But Nagoose has been playing for starting for Fiji in um, mm. recent internationals. So yeah,
3: they brought in Connor Colette from North Harbour, who I, someone I don't know, and then this Portuguese Betancourt at, outside back. Yeah, Betancourt, very really, very good. Uh, yeah, sevens and he's been playing in Pro Dider in France. So, so that's the ins. Okay. On the outs, uh, I'll skip through a few of these, but. Some of the big names, probably the biggest loss to them will be Cicino. Yeah, 100%. Juan Pablo has gone to Edinburgh. Um, they have got Matavesi. And they, and they were starting
2: him more than... Yeah, it's one of For the class... last
3: couple of seasons, he's been a, such a useful player. Because it's he, an all-round game. He can do the hard
0: stuff mm. and he can do the, the more delicate distribution. I, I actually think that's quite a good loss in some ways. It, because Not because he's a bad player. But it shows the team's moved on. From there, I, I think that the replacements I've got from are marginally better, but he's a very, very, very good player. I think it also tells you a little bit about like salary caps, and you can't just stack players in in certain positions unless unless you need them.
3: I think they I think they will miss him. I think I would I would start him ahead of Matavesi. Would you? Yeah, I, I, would, I would do. I would, I would do. Um, they've also lost Mamos. Who did nothing? Th- got brought in, but didn't really play. He couldn't was injured. Couldn't force his way in. When he then, even then when, when he, he came back, yeah. So, uh, I uh, drafted th- him in F. I brought him in in yeah. FRD after model? he came. Oh, back. Has he gone to Toulouse? To Toulouse, yeah. The um, so they've lost the younger Aguja, the Argentine outside back, which is no great loss. Oh, well. DTH left last year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. back to Glasgow. Um, Vickers and Scott Lawson, Rob Vickers and Scott Lawson in the front row retired which they, they actually did quite a lot of hard yards last year, last few years. Ali Hogg's retired. Nili Lartu's gone uh, to Japan. Evan Olmstead has gone to New Zealand in the Mitre Cup, to play in the Mitre Cup. And there's a few other uh, lesser names who've gone.
2: Well, I think le- lesser names is, is everything about Newcastle. They've got some players that really stood out last year. Their locks, Callum Green, Robinson and witty were, you know... None of those were big names at all, and they, and they really, really were tough, tough lads. Yeah. Uh, and then their back row, Welsh and Wilson, they just epitomise what Newcastle are about.
3: Welsh, 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 Wilson, Gary Graham, Callum
2: Sheik, yep. Chick.
3: The four of those really do. They're very good,
0: young or youngish. Of those names, right, who they've signed, how many of them from the
2: North East? well
0: McGuigan's gone back there McGuigan is the one I was thinking of they've got
2: a lot they've got some young players coming through uh, like Kibirigi in the back line and Radwan and, um, yeah yeah, love that name Radwan Radwan he is rapid as well um, and the, there's a number 8 as well who a, there's a back row but player. what are the guys that have signed are many of them mm. only McGuigan only McGuigan who... so the reason I say that is because I
0: saw quite an interesting interview with I think it was their chief exec I think it was I can't remember and he was saying that they think they can get a hometown premium, i.e. bringing lads back for a little yeah. bit less money and strengthening the squad that way.
2: Well, totally. And that's a massive part of their identity. And it's been a huge part of lots of clubs' identities. I think you'd say that about Exeter, for sure. Mm-hm. Um... You used to say that more so about Bath, but you still do a little bit. Sale, you used to say it about they've got a lot of young players, but actually that that's 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 where it's going to be interesting well, there Sail. because Sale's dynamic is changing. They're getting yeah, a lot more complete, foreign, completely great foreign players. I in. think there's
0: direct comparisons to be drawn between Sale and Newcastle. Yes, in terms of they make a lot of noises about bringing through young players, which is great, but you've got to actually do it. And I think when it when it comes to the crunch and you're on the verge of a new season, you'd rather bring in. You know, name name the foreign player or name the player from outside the Premiership, then you would, you know, and Sale have got you know talent in that academy coming out their ears, and they will bring some through as will Newcastle. But I think when it really comes to it, when they want starters, they would rather buy them in.
2: Mm-hmm. Now New- well, Newcastle seem to uh, seem to have done that very very effectively in cherry picking specific people and this summer Mulipole is probably the I also the, the wonder the big is, one yeah. yeah I also wonder
0: is it a case of they want to do that you know back out the lads from the northeast they did it successfully but eventually you just run out of lads that you can pick up from the northeast once you've signed uh what's his name uh who's 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 Dave, David Wilson Toby Flood uh, yeah. Uh, what you've got, other? You've got at least one, George,
3: one Tate boy playing there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. We've done as much as we possibly can now. <laughs> there are no more people from the northeast <laughs> that we can find.
2: So I think that they will probably maintain their level of performance from where they are. I, I just feel that as a consequence of other people, uh, surely that many other teams can't be as bad as they were last year. They will not repeat their feat. So I, I, can't... I think they'll be six, seven. Six, I agree. Seven. I, I, think I do
3: agree. I think they will. I think they won't drop. Their performance won't drop, but their relative performance. Mm-hmm. If, as we were saying last week, you've got teams like Leicester, Bath, Quins, Northampton, mm. Gloucester, Sale, that that kind of the teams that were lower mid-table last year. If two or three of those step up to where they potentially could be, Newcastle will drop down in a relative
0: performance. Mm. So there is one. There is one element of danger about Newcastle, and I don't know how much to read into this, but it is undoubtedly true, because I've had it confirmed by multiple sources. But they are failing to pay agency fees, which I think is bizarre. So bringing in all these players, but they haven't paid, paid an agency fees for
2: like two years, allegedly. Mate, um, you need to be careful about saying stuff like that. Well, You're just saying it's on, Well, you've heard that, it from that, multiple that, sources. That, that's from agents. And well, thing,
3: well, when you say they're not paying agency fee or agents' mm-hmm. fees, do you mean there are agents who are owed money, or do you mean that they are just not—they're picking up players through contact
0: rather than agents? They are. So, for, I'll give you an example of one deal where, where they said, "Hey, get us get get us this player, and we'll pay you the fees that we owe you for this player and for the previous player." So that's an actual that's an actual case. And the other one is image rights.
3: So, so they, when, when you say it's an actual
0: case, is it an actual case? Because yep. are they taking them to court? Uh, no, no. As in, it's not a court
2: case. It's an actual example. I, I you know, I would tell you the players. I know. That, I mean, but they, they had a to... winding up threat in January. Oh, uh, that was over an unpaid tax bill. That was last season. Um, that was like December, January last year. I think it was a hundred thousand pounds was outstanding. That was an HMRC one. Yeah. Um, and they paid the they paid the balance. A few hours after the winding up petition was uh, was 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 put and there in. Is, all I'm saying is there are certain red
0: lights. One is agency fees. That is obviously one as uh, that uh, I was going to refer to, and the other one is image rights. They don't seem to be that keen on paying them. So I, just some warning lights there on you know how sustainable this whole this
2: whole lot whole lot is newcastle rugby limited recorded losses of 2.651 million pounds in their last set of accounts published in june 2016
3: which is not that's not unusual for no a no the, the,
2: it was described as satisfactory in light of current conditions and they said they were optimistic about the long-term prospects for the continued growth on and off the pitch Mm. Well, yeah. they increased their turnover by 17%
0: although it would be devastating wouldn't it if their uh, statement was we don't see any prospect for long term growth here <laughs> <you> know, here's, <laughs> a lo- here's a load of new signings <laughs> mm. uh.
3: so um, usual stuff we've, we've probably talked to all the players we've probably already named the players but if you had to give one pick for fantasy rugby consi- all things considered from Newcastle who would it be?
2: Uh, for me, it'd be Toby Flood. He he was injured a lot of last season, and uh, as a result, w- did not prove valuable. Uh, but he'll get the he'll, if he's fit, and he seems to be fit and well and shaking off the injuries he had last year. Assuming here's, assuming he starts the majority of games, he'll he'll be the main man. Here's something. Um, here's a
0: just a random a random flyer. But how about the how about the new back row that they've got? Uh, Nini did a, a lot of carrying. You need to get yards from your back row. This guy sounds like, uh, not uh, not to stereotype, he sounds like he can run and sounds, sounds like he, he can offload. So that will that, do for me. <laughs>
3: Nagusa. Nagusa is not a bad shout, you know. And he'll probably go late-ish in the draft as well. Mm. Gonover and Sonotti Sonotti are... The obvious, aren't they? The, the too t- obvious. The, they are almost too obvious because they will go relatively early. Uh, another one would be Takalua. Who's a, who's a scrum half. Well but he yes. was more valuable
2: when he used to kick sticks.
3: Yes, true. But he's also he's quite exciting as a runner as well.
2: Mm, yeah he is. Uh right. I wouldn't Wasps. bother I wouldn't bother with scrum halves unless you get Dan Robson or um Willcliff. Or Who Hard. That was it. I wouldn't bother with uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. What what about uh Faff? Well he's not gonna be there for half the season. Ooh, will Cliff will no. Just saying.
3: Will um, Cliff <laughs> No mock, mock mock me at your peril 0.1 points per game Will Cliff There's a man Okay um, You did make this point Very vehemently Last season
0: Before hey, Before Faf signed Well I mean, then, the, I mean The thing is It's not that Will Cliff Played poorly He didn't He's a
2: great player A great A Hall of Fame type player He's not right? an FR he's not, he's not a fancy rugby draft Points But with machine, Faf not very there Very few scrum halves are With Faf yeah. not there Just saying
3: Interesting. Let's see if you draft him. Yeah, let's see if I do. Ne-
2: next club in the spotlight, then. So we're all we're all saying that Newcastle are going to probably drop, definitely drop out of top four, possibly drop out of top six.
3: Yeah, sixth or seventh, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think seventh. And uh, no, that's that's no loss in performance. No. from, from them themselves. No, mm. agreed. Um, uh, wasps. Wasps. Here we go. Well, financial irregularities. <laughs> Here what, we go. What do you want
0: to say? Well, how can I? I've got lots to say about this. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say, but I've got lots to say about <laughs> it.
2: Um,
0: let's start with the playing side, and we'll move to the financials later. That's that's probably a, a better way to do it. Yeah, um, That is definitely where we want to focus. I I think they're going to be a lot weaker than last year. Is basically it. So what's that based on? This is based on primarily the loss of Danny Cipriani. I spoke about this Cipers. before, but I actually think they are so reliant on him to do great things that without him, you know, they're going to be. Uh, well, they're going to really struggle, and also, you know, the old Ben Darwin thing: uh, fly halves take three years to you know, get, get, used, get used to a system. Well, Superwinger coming in, he's not going to spark in, spark instantly. On top of that, they've lost two two back rowers. Haskell, I think, uh, is probably a good one to lose because he commands such a huge wage. But he's definitely a leader, and he's definitely the heartbeat of that Wasps team. Well, not always on a match day, but certainly round the park uh sorry, round training, round round the facility, a great a great player to have. And the other one is Guy Mercer. Thompson. Sorry, why do I keep calling Guy Mercer? <laughs> uh because there is a Guy Mercer. Guy Thompson right who is really useful for wasps to have about because he can come on, he can carry the ball and back rows of successful carriers are very, very hard to
2: find and he and he is one. See I, I think wasps are overall I mean, this, the the Wanger thing is is going to be cr- critical. Yeah. Um, uh, overall, I think they're in a better position than they were last year hmm. because um, they the back row is the strongest back row in the Premiership now. Potentially, I know. Over well, Nizam Car's come in.
0: Okay, he's okay. You've late. got two outstanding
2: number eights: Nathan Hughes and Nizam hm You've got Brad Shields. Which is a huge upgrade on James Haskell. Uh, disagree. Well, it was, I mean, it was until it he does an upgrade on Haskell. Until he does something. Right? Potentially. Yeah.
3: Until,
0: until he does something like win Super Rugby. Yeah, but that's Super Rugby. I mean, we saw him in an England shirt at second row. Not for me, thank you. Um, and they, look, James, James Haskell is, is a proven, whatever you want to say about him, he's a proven premiership player. So for Brad Shields to be an instant upgrade, he's going to have to put in some real miles and performances to do that.
2: Car and Shields in, um, I, I think, is, is a, a net upgrade on your back row. And also when you consider yeah. that it was a breakthrough season for Jack Willis, actually a guy like Guy Thompson, albeit Jack Willis is now injured and mm. going to be recovering, and Alex Reader will be coming back, guys like that. So they're, they're, back, Sorry, back row is, is not a concern for performance. Is, for is Alex Reader coming back? I thought that was Alex Reader... He had a long-term injury, but... I thought he'd retired. Have I got that wrong? No, that's, um, that's Sam Jones. So I know Sam Jones has. Are you sure about Alex Reader? Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's listed in their squad. Oh, yeah. good. good, good, um, good. Sam, Sam Jones is was definitely out unfortunately because and so, also Alex so, Weedle-
2: so their so their back row is a net upgrade I think Tommy Taylor missed most of the last season and he's massive for them. Yep, yeah. And he's he's going to be back and fit along was, with it, along with
3: Tom Cruise. It was funny when you were asking Tom Cruise about Tommy, uh, T- Tommy, Tommy Taylor. Taylor. So you played well, but
0: what about Tommy Taylor? Yeah, you've been playing quite well, but Tommy Taylor's back now, isn't <laughs> he? <laughs> and he's better than you, right? <laughs> I didn't do that, did I? <laughs> a little
2: bit. A little bit. <laughs> reading <Really> between <laughs> the, the lines. little bit. Yeah, um, you weren't as explicit as that. No, no, I not. <laughs> Yeah, my Tommy Taylor love goes back many years. Um, and they've brought in a prop as well, right? A... Uh,
3: the Georgian prop. Yes. Zerub Zavani. Yes. Zavania.
2: And they needed to address their prop situation. So I, I think their pack's in, in really good shape. And the back line is, well, they're going to be without Vili LaRue. And, you t- and you're right to point out that some players take a little while to, mm. to, to yeah. adapt Willy to Leroux the premiership. The and Vili LaRue yeah, did. He was a, he's a great example of that. So if Supperwanger can hit the ground running, I think they're very, very very well placed
0: to do well. I think they're going to go backwards. I, I think they're going to, certainly first half of the season, they're going to be at sixes and sevens. Oh, by the way, do you not think it's weird that they've got no forwards coach? Uh, Haven't thought about it. Well, Haven't I think they got these... the,
2: the guy that came in from Nottingham? Danny they got... Wilson? No, Costello.
0: And they got... Oh, maybe they have now, but Danny Wilson came in and then left immediately for Scotland. Well,
2: maybe he's not a um, forwards coach, actually. Lee Costello maybe came in as defence. Has he not got
0: titral? Uh, was there. I don't know if he still is. Uh, Andy Titral coached, this is one of my, fav- my favourite segmentations of coaching ever, the line-out, but only in the air. Is it only in the air or only on the ground? No, no, Di Young coaches line-out on the ground. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: so
0: at some point, there's a transition where <laughs> Titral shuts up and Dai Young takes over.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
3: so... What do you think, Phil? So, I think you're both making some very interesting and valid points. I, I actually think on paper, I agree with you, Tim. Their squad is stronger than last year. On paper, the point that you make, Jay, about Ben Darwin and how long it takes to bed in, mm. will it? we will see. Because the, the key one is Sapoanga. Yeah. Um, something that will help him bed in is having Jimmy Gopeth who, yeah. alongside him, who mm. will most likely play 12 for a lot of the season hmm. can control the game understand the pattern can kick and take pressure off him when he's kicking so there is a question mark but I'm I'm probably less worried about it so, because he's got gopper just
0: one thing about Sapoonga right is he is a good player because we know we've seen him the uh, uh, Highlanders we've seen Highlanders him at, and New Zealand uh, New Zealand right he is he is superb but don't forget this under the Highlanders you could say he was playing under potentially one of the best attacking coaches in the world in Tony Brown but in so he he and then playing. he's in the All Blacks.
2: I mean, I'm not saying. Well, look at the Wasps back line. If you had yeah. to pick, they're not the back, All Blacks, back, or are they? No, no. But who is at club level? But if you had to, I well, they're pick not Highlanders either. If you're going to pick back lines to be part of it, if you if that's what you if that's where you thrive in in world rugby, then Wasps would be in like your top, I don't your top they would. top five or probably
3: picks. The back their first choice back line. So read Rob, it, to Robson Sopoanga. Robson, yes.
0: Robson. No, so you, you you can't include Sopronga because we're trying to put him in. Okay. Well, no, he's going in. So no, no, he'll no, no. be what, in that so first choice back line. You've got to put Sopronga in All right, around the, everyone no, yeah. else. Yeah, so
3: Robson, Robson, Gopeth. No, no, then, no, because oh, yeah. Gopeth will be 12. So yeah. the, the first choice back line that's, that Sopwanga is fitting into. Yeah, yeah. Fit, so so the he's going to be 10, right? So he'll be 10. Yeah. 10. Jimmy Gopeth.
2: Or Well,
3: Yeah, Gopeth will be first choice with Elliot Daly outside him. Wing. Then Wade... No, the first choice would be there. Wade and Watson or Bassett with then Willie Larue at fifteen. Yeah, it is quite that good. first choice is exceptional.
2: And they've brought in another. They've brought in a, a guy from the from a New Zealand provincial side as a as a fifteen slash winger. Could be a little sleeper for the mm. fancy rugby. Draft. Ambrose Curtis. Ambrose Curtis, yeah. who's a
0: yeah big boy, Look, six, I, six foot four. I don't disagree. Okay, I think. I, well, I do disagree, first and foremost. <laughs> but you, uh, you don't disagree. That I don't but disagree, you, But you course. do. Um, I, but the biggest loss, and I, I do think we're massively overlooking this, is Cipriani not being there, because you just oh, can't yeah. buy his range of passing. Uh, you, know, you, could, you could spend the money on uh, you know, uh, Bowden Barrett. He doesn't have the range of passing of Danny Cipriani. And I think that, that's going to be the biggest issue that they've got. I mean, he can make things happen which make everyone else around him seem so much better than they are. So
2: I, 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 rec- I,
3: I recognise that. And mm. I think it is a point. I think they've got a very, very good replacement, but it'll, it will take time for him to bed in. Mm. And
2: I think Phil's point of the fact that Goppers can take a lot of the pressure off oh. is, is, a, is an important one. So,
3: mm. so first thing, sleeper or your, your um, bolter... And your star
2: man. Curtis, you pick? Curtis Ambrose, the, 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 sleeper. the sleeper. And you I wish what? I hadn't said that now, because that was... <laughs> uh, I wish I'd have kept so that to myself. Um, for me,
0: after everything I've just said, Sapoan would be a damn good pick-up, because he's not going to
2: go on, on international anywhere. Is he, yeah, that's, that's true. Is he going to kick sticks? That's, that's the Who question would, for me. Oh, Gopperth. Gopperth. yeah. So Gopperth does that mean Gopeth is, is still worthy player to have as a fly half in well, in fancy rugby draft. It's, it's a
3: question for Gopath because is he going to kick sticks? I know he's such a good kicker. Okay,
0: so what's more important? Assuming they both kick. A fly half listed as a midfielder or a midfielder listed as a fly half?
2: A fly half listed as a midfielder. Yeah, you can, have two, you can have two of them.
3: Oh, you could have three of them if you got, got um, Lazowski and say Slade. Uh, Malinder.
2: Oh, Malinder, yeah.
3: Ooh. And then um, George Ford. You got those three on the field at the same time.
2: Pointsville. So good. my
3: my star man is probably uh, Christian Wade.
2: He's going to play every game.
3: Pretty much. He won't be missing for England. No. Nope. And my sleeper is actually so, or my uh, Balter, Rob Miller. Ooh. So if Willie Larue if is Willy off,
2: Larue for Super Rugby and the Autumn Internationals. If Willie Larue's not there, Rob Miller's Rugby hardly played,
3: though. but people
0: rate him as well right? Inside that,
3: inside that camp they love him he's such a good player he's such a talented player if he gets game time he will do things
2: ooh that's an interesting one thanks Phil there's uh, <laughs> so lots of uh, misinformation mis- going on here my draft boards <laughs> When <laughs> mm. Phil's like yeah I'm going pick- to my, my star man for fantasy rugby draft is Nizamkar because Niz- yeah. cause he's not gonna, he's not involved in international rugby he was absolutely outstanding in his three month three four months he was stint. good he was good
0: yeah hmm interesting Interesting. Uh, well that's basically it then are, are we done because if we are done I just want to mention one, one more thing yeah go on um,
2: so oh so wait, wait sorry. how do you think Wasps are going to do I think top four
0: disagree
3: I think, outside of top four I think third again hmm. Um. I think they
0: they are the best of the rest behind the top two yeah well I'm just going to mention this okay uh, moving away from Wasps uh, you probably all noticed that uh, the I think who it was Philadelphia Philadelphia Eagles played Pittsburgh Steelers th- this week and Christian Scotland Williamson played not only played for the Steelers at tight end he also got a catch which is pretty amazing a catch from tight end it's a catch from tight end yeah which really I think is outstanding isn't it getting
2: reps in pre-season game in time.
0: pre-season, yeah. So, I mean, obviously they're going to reduce the squads and it, he's got a huge uphill battle to actually win that position, but just got to get better and got to carry on training. But it's amazing to think that he's run out now in front of however many thousands in the Pittsburgh Steelers ben uniform. Mind,
2: I'm addicted to those Netflix shows where, about the high school football, the yeah. um, Last Chance U. Have you watched a QB1 yet? QB1, yeah. I wasn't as... I, I have watched it, yeah. Would but, you recommend it? Uh, not as much as Last Chance U yeah. or... Whatever, but I love I love all that. But you see how much, how many hours, and the way young men's lives completely revolve around getting to just the next level, the next level, the next level. For him to have within a year transitioned it's from amazing. never having never having done done any American football to being on the field. Yeah, I mean, people he' oh, is. is it's, you cannot underestimate yeah. how incredible that is. So he only got four he only got four reps. Um he
0: only got one catch. And people sometimes might say oh only four reps and one catch. I mean it's just massive. It's even it's massive just to get on the field. So uh, yeah, abs- absolutely delighted for him and I, I hope he get I think I think how it goes is you have the first team out on the on the first drive and then it g- kind of goes down down the roster and then the second game is more for the backups and then I think the third game is when it's like almost a full-dress rehearsal. Although I think they've got five games now, so I don't know how it all works out. How is Alex Gray doing? Alex Gray, I have no idea. Okay. I do know that... um, He's at Atlanta, isn't he? Atlanta, yeah. I do know that uh, the Australian Rugby League fella, with a long name, plays for Philadelphia, and I think he might have played against uh, Christian Scotland-Williamson this week. I think... I want to say he's M- M- a big old boy that,
2: that's what I know he's a big old boy and that's where my analysis ends great oh, I'm going to keep an eye on that as well for the for the new season but we'll be back uh, next week one week closer to the season tell you mates what are we are um, going to do
0: next week we're going to do London Rugby London, no, Norfolk Re- North North Norfolk Regional Rugby yes <laughs> yes and some championship and we'll try and do it on a Sunday so we can actually watch a championship
2: oh yeah we'll, we'll definitely and do it doesn't doesn't
3: French League start next weekend. Sorry, two,
0: weeks, two weekends ago, mate.
3: Paddy, oh, Jackson, sorry, yeah.
2: Paddy Jackson played his first competitive rugby in a year, or well, pre-season game for Perpignan. Did he? Mm. Good to see him back. Uh, so, yeah, plenty to talk about next weekend um, as we look uh, with the rugby championship and stuff. Um, enjoy your barren rugby weekend and uh, let the boys play.
0: Let the boys play.
3: Cool. You shoot, Tim.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.